Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We glorify you and we honor you, Father. We ask, Lord, that as we lift you up this morning, we lift up those that could be here, those that are on their way, Father. We lift up the, uh, the Rocket family for they're on their way, and we just pray, Lord, that they have a safe time and safe travel uh, on their way up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for every family here. And God, we just pray for the extended families of those that aren't here. Father, we just ask right now, Lord, that you would just keep keep us and continue to bless us in your spiritual and in your holy name. We pray. Amen. Let's church. Amen. 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 Let's go to the book of 2 uh, second, second Kings, the fifth chapter. 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. We're going to be dealing with today's thing called the profile in leadership. Profile in leadership. For all leaders in the house, how many of y'all know that true leadership is a very difficult position to be in? And to do it in accordance to the way God would have us to do it. There are profiles in leadership, and that's what we're going to talk about today, some of the things that we, 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 we have to face ourselves with, and some of the things that we have to deal with ourselves with, because there's a lot involved when God is trying to get us to a place in Him where He would have us to be as far as leadership and as far as following too, because all of us have what we call a duty with God to attain. We're going to be in 2 Kings today dealing with profile in leadership. We're going to be dealing with Naaman, who was a great warrior, and we'll be dealing with the fifth chapter of 2 Kings Chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. When we get there, would you please say, Amen. 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 What the Lord says now, and we all know now means right now. But God is trying to tell us something now. Naaman, the word Naaman means pleasantness, the place of pleasantness. Now, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Did you catch that? He was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Not in the eyes of somebody else, but in the eyes of his master. That's what you got to see first. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of what? Valor. But, you see that word but? Well, that word but carries some powerful stuff with it. Now, he was a mighty man now, in the eyes of his master. 
But the Bible says that he was a leper. That he had a disease. How many of y'all know sin is a disease? How many of y'all know that we all are lepers? Huh? We got any lepers in the house? We got some ain't got no lepers. So they think. And that's what self-righteousness will do to you. It'll make you think that you don't have no sin in your life, that you don't have no leprosy in your life. But you do. Because we, the Bible says if you say you have no sin, then you make God a lie. And the Bible says the only impossible thing that God can't do is tell a lie. That's why the Word of God tries to get us to look at ourselves. It explicitly tells us to look at ourselves before, and, and once we are able to get ourselves together, then we, it ordains us to approach and point somebody else's eye. But Jesus said, you're trying to clean the mold out of somebody else's eye, but you got a whole tree in your It's easy to shift the blind. But it's hard to look in that mirror and say, now, what I'm judging you by is actually in its own way the same thing that I'm doing. All I do is look. All you got to do is look at yourself. See, self-righteousness won't let you look at yourself. See, you'll call God a lie. You'll tell God, I ain't doing that. But the wages of sin is there. It didn't say this sin or that sin. <laughs> it didn't make no difference. That's your own insane mind telling you these things and causing you to be disillusioned. That's what sin does to us. It causes us to be disillusioned. That's why we are supposed to be able to confess our sins to one another so that we might be healed. But here's the problem with church people. If you go to them and you confess your sins to them, they'll kill you. They'll murder you. So where do you go? To God. The word of the Lord says, you see, I don't need, if, if your ears aren't open to hear, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. They'll hurt you. Because God is going to show us some things here today. See, all of us are lepers. The Bible says in verse 2, And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. Thank God for something being held captive in us from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Now, I'm not going to get into all the depths of this. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Mm -hmm. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Not just anybody, but the girl from the land of the one who rules his God, Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he de 
and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. I'm in the book of Second Kings, the fifth chapter, and I just read the sixth verse. Second Kings, the fifth chapter, I'm at the end of verse six. I'll reread verse six. He said, Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. We all need some healing. Amen. See, you can't get healed if you don't. A whole, look, Jesus said a whole man don't need no physician. He said, I come to save the sick, the lost. Amen. He said, a whole man, he don't need Jesus. See, he got it all going on. But a sick man, that's the one needs a physician. And Jesus is the ultimate doctor. So, he says, heal him of his leprosy. Sometimes, the place of pleasantness, Naaman, meaning place of pleasantness. Sometimes, the place of pleasantness within us becomes a place of bitterness because of sin. And it needs to be healed. You believe that? Yes. Sometimes, though, that peaceful place, that pleasant place in us, can be invaded by things of the flesh and cause bitterness to come into our life. This happens to every man, woman, and child that's living. If anybody in here who hasn't allowed bitterness to come in because of sin in their life, because, you know, if, 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 if sin in our life causes us to be bitter, then that's a good indication to us that we need to change. Mm -hmm. But how many of you know that change is a process? See, that's the thing. That's why the Bible tells us to be long-suffering toward each other. It's the word of God, people. It's not my word, children. It's the word. Come on. If you were hungry, you would want somebody to reach out to you if you were incapable at that position to give you something to eat. If you saw me hungry, don't you know that I would need the same thing? What makes me any different from you? What makes you any different from me? When the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, what, why is it that church people don't understand that we're all sinners saved by grace? What's so hard about it? We're all in process. Verse 7 says, And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, I am, am I God? To kill and make a lie? That this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? 
Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. See, the king of Israel thought he was trying to make trouble. But he was really trying to, the king of Syria was really trying to get his commander in chief here. So it was so when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. See, God always has somebody that you can go to to get a healing. Amen. And it ain't the people that you usually involved with. Because a man's enemies, worst enemies, is in his own household. That's what Jesus said. So we have to be careful where we go to get counsel. Oh, y'all ain't here. Y'all ain't here. Y'all ain't here in the word. Verse 9 says, Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh should be restored to you. Simple instructions, right? And you should be clean. Simple instructions. Just go do this. We're going to break this down in a minute. I'm going to show you how we are. I'm going to show, show you how all of us are, all of us. And by showing us how we are, we can better battle ourselves against ourselves so that we can, you know, cut the grade. Instead of getting a, 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 a C, we can get a B this time. You know, and then we'll go for A. It's okay. It's okay. It's kind of teeth. But Naaman, look at Naaman in verse 11. After he told him to go and watch him and join him several times. But Naaman became what? Oh, he got mad. And went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, see, that's the problem. I said to myself. Instead of him doing what God told him to do, he said, I said to myself. See, that's what gets us in trouble. Every time I say to myself this or that, I blow. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a profile in leadership. See, I can face my baby. So what you, I mean, look, this is what I learned. I said, now, this is what God told me. He said, look, let me tell you something. He said, some man, let me tell you something. He said, look. He said, Lucifer, he said, I'm God. And I'm perfect. I'm a perfect God. He said, but Lucifer found wrong in me. And upsetting his authority, and he began to, with an Absalom spirit, to talk to the other weaklings of the angelic force, and got a third of them to go. Yeah. Because the Bible tells us in the book of uh, 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 Revelation 12, verse 10, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. So the same thing, he was the accuser of God. And called the angels to fall. Now he's the accuser of brethren to try to get us to fall. Amen. Same thing, people. Amen. Now that's just true. But I'm going to show you in the word the way God told us to do this thing. Okay. Now if I show you in the word how God said do it, we ought to be willing to do it. But you see, when you go away and you say, well, I said to myself, then that's going to mess us up. Now it's going to mess you up. Because it messes me up every time I say I, and I bet you every time you say I, so that's what Satan does. He said, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Well, okay. See, Satan, this is what Satan did. He uprooted himself, but he didn't have a plan to go nowhere else. He thought, <laughs> see, he just uprooted himself. See, he, he, he was thinking 
thinking that he was going to take God's position. So he really didn't have a plan to go no way. See, he uprooted himself. God didn't uproot him. He did that. He did it. And the weaklings that went with him done the same thing. And ever since then, they've been a vagabond. Here, there, everywhere. To and fro. It's called a vagabond. So the word of God says that he surely, verse, verse 11 says that, but Nathan became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. See, this is what he thought. See, he, want, he, wanted, he wanted something done the way he wanted it. <laughs> and he said, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. See, he wanted some fireworks. <laughs> but look at 2 Kings 19, verse 11 and 12. 1 Kings 19, verse 11 and 12. Let me tell you something. 1 Kings Chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. Are we there? Amen. Look what he said. Then he said, this is Elijah. Elijah running. He ain't came. He hiding, right? From, from, from Jezebel. Because he's going to kill up some prophets of her, about 850 of them. And then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by at a great and strong wind tore into the mountain. And broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. See, this happened before the Lord. Went before the wind did. But the Lord wasn't in the wind, you see. Now remember Naaman. Now Naaman wanted to see God do this great big thing. Wanted to come out, wanted the man of God to come out there and wave his hand and rain down fire, whatever, you know, and cure him, right? That was his version of what God was supposed to do or what the man of God was supposed to do in order to heal him, okay? See, a lot of us want to see some big, great action. And we ain't got sense enough to see that a small quarter carat, uh, deep, flawless diamond is worth about a million dollars. And look how small it is. And I'd rather have that than a sack of gold because I can stick that right down in my... I can stick a whole bunch of them quarter diamond, deep, flawless down and, and, and be a billionaire for long. But you can't do that with a sack of gold because it's too heavy. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get you to a point so, so where you can understand how that God's time is not our time and God don't work the way we think he ought to work, you know, and not to do the man of God. Because the man of God ain't nothing but a man too. That's all. And that's why I've always talked to y'all in here. Look to Jesus. Y'all know I have. So if you got hurt, it's your fault. Because you're looking to the wrong thing. You should have been looking to Jesus. And you have saw God in the man. The Bible says, don't know no man by the flesh. Say, we once knew Jesus like that, and we don't know him like that no more. We know him in the spirit. See, we don't know Jesus on the cross no more. Those of us that are saved, now we know him that's sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's what we're trying to get to now. Amen. For those that aren't saved, they are the ones that need to know about the cross. But we're saved now. To us, he ain't on the cross no more. He's at the right hand of the Father. And that's what we're trying to get to now. See, when you you, you got to get to the cross to get saved. Once you get saved, it's time to get 
to where he is. Now, I just get to trucking with this thing because I'm going to tell you, the journey is long. The journey is hard. The journey is powerful. And there's a powerful enemy against us to try. And few shall go therein. Few shall find. Few. Elijah here in 1 Kings 19. Elijah says that the Lord was not in the wind, the Bible says. And after the wind came an earthquake, but he wasn't in the earthquake either. And then came fire. But the Lord wasn't in the fire either. But he was in a small hole, church. He's in a small hole. A small steel boat. Now look what God does, people. Because we've got a lot of things that's, that, that, that's bombarding us in our life. Do we not? Do we not? Everybody got things bombarding them in their life. Everybody. Sometimes you get up and you want to go back to bed. Because you don't want to face the bombardment. Because who wants to get up and have to face all of this? We often talk about this now. You know, but we get up and we do what we have to do. Anyway. So, the Lord tells Elijah, come out that cave, and he says to him, he said, I'm going to pass by you. But as I pass by you, I'm going to send the wind first. Because I got to test some things that's done set up concrete in your life. So I got to bring some wind tear out of you. That's the first thing I got to do. Ye that have ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church about your life. So he sent the wind, the Bible says he sent the wind before him. That means it went before him and it was paying up some things. See, God sent a whirlwind in your life to tap some things up. He did it, didn't he? But look what he did. He got you saved, didn't he? Am I right? He did it to me. See, everybody's got their own thing that God uses to get you where you need to be with him.
So he goes in this small voice and he speaks. Now let's go back to the main text. Over here in 2 Kings 5. Verse 12. Over there. He says, Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? See, he wanted to do it his way. So he turned and he went away and what? Rage. He was angry. Why was he angry? Because the man of God didn't do it the way he wanted it done. So he got pissed off. It makes you kind of wonder whether he wanted to get healed or not. But thank God for counsel. Jesus Christ. Ooh, I go to counsel every four times a week. Head up a counseling group down there. Got to head it up uh, Thursday down to the DA. One of the best counseling counselors with counselors counseling each other. And guess what? All of us are Vietnam vets, and all of us got serious problems. All of us, and we can talk to each other about it without being judged. We was in the meeting the other day. Man just sitting there, he was quiet, just like that. He had concern with other people. He just sitting there. He one of the military boys, this special forces, you know how to kill him. That's all he's been taught to do, trying. But that's all he's in his mind. He's sitting there. He usually very talky, but he there, he ain't saying nothing. So I picks it up. I wait a little while, and about after we enter about two thirds of the group, he just speaks out. He said, you know, I'm going to kill me somebody when I leave here. I got some killing on my mind, and I'm fixing to go do it. If he hadn't released that, we wouldn't have been able to counsel him. And he wouldn't be because he's delusional. He thought somebody was, or his neighbors was burning up his houses and stuff to plant marijuana on his mother. that was left to him. Now that could be so, that could not be so, but I guess I do know so in his mind he was ready to do something. But counsel was there, not to judge it, but counsel was there to change his mind. Amen. Thank God for counsel. You show what counsel would do. Amen. That's why I'm careful about who I surround myself with. Very few people I let know what I'm really doing. Very few. I got two or three. But I ain't got one. Because they can't handle me and my nakedness. They can't handle me. Because in their mind, they think it ought to be this way. When they don't realize that if we don't deal, we got to deal from reality and grow from there. If ain't no food in the pantry, you got to go, go from reality. You can't just pray and do nothing. Pray and go look for a job. So you, you, you understand what I'm saying. It's just common sense. So he said, Are not the Abana and the Farfar, which is the Abana is a building, and the Farfar River is a rushing, which causes frustration. See, uh, 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 and the, of, the, of the rivers of Damascus, that's that sack of blood. Well, this is the sack of blood. This is the building, and it's the sack of blood. And what he's saying here, he wants to do a quick thing. But how do you, how, how, how many of y'all know that when you try to build something too quick, you get frustrated? How many of you know that? See, that's what he got. He got frustrated. See, he wanted to do it his way. 
down at the, the, the Abana and the Farfar River. That's the way he wanted to do. But God said, God, I need you to go down here to that old muddy Jordan. And I want you to dip seven times. And you get in. Simple thing to do. But he wouldn't do that. So he left the enraged. Now, here's the thing. Naaman means pleasantness. Naaman was a great man. But like all great men, Naaman had a disease. Called leper. All of us got diseases. The leprosy of sin. All of us. And if you say that you don't, you, that thing is going to get the worse and worse on you. Because it's got a way of hiding itself. You remember when you had that little thing in your hand? And it took a while. But after a while, that thing took over your whole center being. And your whole thought was on, I'm hurting. My whole body was hurting. From that little bitty splinter, what? That's what sin does to us. If it stays there long enough. So every time we sin, we got to get that thing out of there. See, that's the way Jesus instituted and repent and go and then we be more careful the next time not to do it. And sooner or later, like a baby, we learn how to walk better in the law of death. Because ain't none of us walking perfect. We just perfect in our own silly mind. Yeah, we done told ourselves a bunch of lies. So now we can't see our own in insanity, but we see everybody else. That's church folks. Yeah, that's church folks. See, if you want to get somewhere with some folk, you got, you're going to get you some broken folk. Some folk that really know that they're sinners and need some help with God. Go get you some folk like that. You don't want no more church folk because church folk call you problems. They come with problems because they think they know it all. They're not teachable. You can't teach them nothing. You'll get you some sinners and raise them up. Am I right about it? Let the church say amen. It's the truth. And you know it is. So here's the word of God. The word of God says that in John 13, 34 and 35, it says a new commandment that I give unto you. Not a request, but a commandment. That you do what? That you love one another. Why? Because this is how you will know in verse 35 that you are my disciples, that you have loved one another. This is how we know that we are the disciples of Jesus Christ. Because we love one another. A lot of people don't like to hear that. Because when you put love in it, you got to take judgment out of it. And they don't want to turn that loose. They want to be judge, jury, and executioner. So what do they do? No. Our love is convenient for me to love you. But that, that, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said a new commandment that I give unto you. That you love one another. As I love you. And by this you will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. But Galatians 5.15 tells us, but if you bite and if you devour one another, you'll consume one another. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Say it again. Galatians 5.15 says, if you bite and if you devour one another, then the Bible says that you will consume one another. In other words, you tie up something. And what do you bite with? And what do you devour with? You don't say it. Say it. You don't lie. That thing right there. It's tight, but it's right. I ain't gonna stop. I ain't. It's a big world out there. I'm a Christian world. It don't make no difference. 
Don't make no difference to me. I guarantee you, some leave, God bring them up. He always have, he always will. Because see, God is in my corner. Whether man is or not, God is. You don't do what has to definitely do in the world if God ain't with you. You'll know this by that fruit. David was a man after, own, after God's own heart, but David was a murderer, an adulterer, and everything else. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, was the biggest fool in the world, had a thousand women, and he was just crazy. But he was still God's man. Built a temple for God. God got a strange way about it. Paul was a murderer. Moses was a murderer. God got a strange way about it. Strange way about it. His ways are not our ways. He don't do it like we do. We got to understand that let God be God in our life. Just, just let God be God. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 4 through 8. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians. This is what love. We're talking about love. Because we need to see this this morning. Let me tell you what. So we know what love is. Yeah. Biting and dividing one another. We know that ain't love. Right. Everybody ought to know that. All right, let's see what love is, okay? Are we there? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 8. Are we there? Let me show you what love is. Can you get that? Please say amen. Yeah. The word of the Lord says, love suffers what? Long. And it's what? Time. Love does not envy. You got a lot of haters in the house. You know what I'm saying? People will hate you because they want to see you fall, but God keeps holding you up. God says, I'm going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. I'm going to make them your footstool. This is God's promise. He said, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat from the good of the land. He didn't, he didn't say that I was going to walk. He didn't say that you were going to walk perfect. He didn't say that I was going to walk perfect all the way. But in him we would. He said, if you'll just be willing and obedient. In other words, if you just walk after me, and when you do make a mistake, if you just be obedient to me to acknowledge your mistake and get up, because the door just may fall seven times, you'll get up again. If you just do that, then I can help you. But I can't help you. If you don't think you ain't done no wrong. I can't help you like that. So, like I said, you got to get on your knees and beat your chest and ask God to get it. Because God will when man won't. Don't look to man to do it. Don't look for him to give you no forgiveness. Don't you do it. You look to God. And if by chance you find a man that will, then you got to pray. You got to pray. Because the Bible says that a friend of at all times and a brother is born during the time of adversity in a person. Like that's a, a brother. And there is a friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. So love, long suffering. It's time. It does not end. Love does not parade itself as like it's all this and it's all that. And it's not cooked up. 
like I'm better than you. And I'm mocking this thing better than you. See, see, see. Love don't do that. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Look here. Everybody in here knows that I've given my life to you. To you. I've given you everything that, that came my way. You got a part of it, including my money. And I don't get paid for standing up here. I've been up in this pulpit four years. And the ones that run their mouth the most is the ones that don't give nothing. But they're always trying to destroy things. That is the truth. This is the truth. It's time for the truth to be told. Ain't nothing in here supposed to be in here if it ain't about the truth. If it's my mama, if my mama is wrong, if it's my daughter, it makes no difference. Right is right, wrong is wrong. And two wrongs don't make no right. If you fall on there to help you, I don't care how many times. The Bible says, if your brother sinned against you seven times, forgive him seven times, sir. I'm telling you what the word says. Self-righteous won't let you see what the word says. It won't do it. The Bible says, it does not rejoice in iniquity. It does not provoke. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. That's why you bow down and ask God to forgive you. And then in verse 7 it says it bears not some things, but all things. I'm telling you what love is. This is what love is. Love is not biting and devouring, but love is what I'm teaching you now. According to the Bible. Love believes all things. I believe that God saved your soul. I believe that there will come a time when God will rapture us and take us all up as a family. I believe this. But just because I believe it, it's still up to the individual to make it happen. It's still up to him. Or her. It says, you hope in all things. And love endures all things. And verse 8 says this. Just the first part of it. Love never fails. That's what love is, church. This is what love is. And anything less than that is not of God. It's not of God, according to them. So, the word of God said that Naaman was one of the great military leaders of his time. He had earned love and respect of the king, yet for all his strength and for all his might, he suffered the dreaded disease of leprosy. So, Naaman given a man at his best state, the greatest man in the world at his best state, the Bible says his vanity. Why? Because of a disease called sin, leprosy. Disease. The Bible tells us that rather than, than, than an impressive meeting with the prophet, Naaman received instructions by a messenger that the prophet had sent to him to watch every time in Jordan. This enraged Naaman, and he angrily refused to follow the prescription. He angrily rejected God's teaching. He wasn't teachable. He thought he knew it all. But thank God for counsel. 
Don't forget that little old girl that they got from Israel. Don't forget her. When they went in, she was the maiden for Naaman's wife. She's the one who got the ball rolling. The man in Israel, from Israel, he's a prophet. He knows. He can get him here. She got the ball rolling. He wasn't teachable. He struggled with pride, faulty expectations. Well, that'll get you faulty expectations and inflexibility. It's either, well, you supposed to be like this. You supposed to come out here and wave your hand and heal me and make a big show of it. Because I'm a great man and you supposed to do it like this for me. That's not the way God do it. So here are five points and we're going to get out of here. Here are five points. Naaman wanted a quick fix. See, like church folks, we don't understand process. But it took God six days to go through the process of creation. Did he not? And then on the seventh day, he rested. So that's process, right? That wasn't a quick fix, right? Everything was methodically done, wasn't it? Everybody. That's called process. Amen. See, a lot of us want that. We live in this old microwave society. We want a microwave church that's full of yeast and full of jelly. It don't matter. Any and everybody. You know? So we don't preach nothing to clear out anything that ain't right. And anytime you got a church and you ain't got love for one another, you don't have nothing. Because the whole thing was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever should believe on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's God's word. So we look for this quick fix. We don't realize that it took God six days. We don't realize that when we come out a little baby, it takes a process. Everything is a process. So we don't never want to get the process. He expected special treatment. But Romans 2, 11 said God is not a respecter of persons. But he expected special treatment. He expected the man of God to come out, wave his hand, and do this great spectacular thing. But the man of God, he sent his message. He goes, go tell him what to do. That tore him up. See, just right now, God is sending a messenger to you, telling him what to do. Look, for some of you, you don't want it. Because you, want, you, you still want to hold on to you, your aspect of your, your Jesus. And it ain't going to get you nowhere. It ain't going to get you nowhere. I put boundaries up for myself, for my money and everything else. I'm saying this because you need to also. Regardless of the tens of thousand dollars that I may or may not have, you know. But I just keep a few in my pocket. And when it's gone, see, I can't get to it until I really, really, really need it. See, I put that safety net. See, we got to learn how. See, first of all, we got to know our limitation. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it. Mm. Just know your limitation. The third thing is, he held certain assumptions about a situation. Look at 2 Kings 5 11. Right there, I take. Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, See, you're holding certain expectations. 
He would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the place. See, he had that expectation that God was going to do it that way. That was his expectation. And when he didn't act like that, then he went crazy. Oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you, the Bible says. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? That's words. The book of Galatians. He grew angry about perceived unfair treatment. Verse chapter 20, verse 20. He wanted to clean. He didn't think it was fair to go and clean and enjoy. He wanted to go to the own rivers that he thought was clean. You know, but he wanted a quick fix. He wanted to do it his way. He didn't want to take the time to go down and get seven times. So what did he do? He rejected the new solution. Verse 12, the last verse, the last uh, sentence of it, he said he rejected it. He said, so he turned away and went away in rage. He totally rejected for God had told the prophet, and the prophet had told the messenger, and the messenger had told him. See, it's the chain of command. See, everything's up top. See Amos 8, 12, and 13. We're just about closing it up. Amos, the book of Amos. The book of Amos, chapter 8, verse 11 through 13. These are the days that we're in now, church. When we get to Amos, you'll see. These are the days. I talked to a pastor yesterday down in Sunday, South Carolina. I said, how's the church doing? He said, oh, man, we just barely hanging on. Man, he's been preaching about 35, 40 years. He said, these jokes ain't committed to nothing. He said, man, he said, these jokes, man, he said, I, I, I said, go ahead. Just hang on in there. Just hang on in there a little while longer. Make your call and shield. He said, I am. See what others want. You better make sure you will. Did you hear what I said? When others want, you better make sure you will. So God got your number and he got mine too. I'm gonna make sure I'm doing mine. Okay, well I'll bust my head this time. I'm still gonna do what I'm supposed to do. Okay, God, get me up and keep me going. Keep on blessing me. Keep on blessing me. I'm not gonna let people hold me in bondage. Oh, you ain't holding me no way. Uh-uh. I'm gonna do what God told me to do as best I know how. And anything and any infraction, he'll deal with me. I know enough about God's way to know that he'll do. I'm his son. He's supposed to deal with me. He's my father. He's supposed to. And guess what? I honor that chastisement because I want to remain his son. I don't want to walk away and, and reject it. He said, if you, if, you don't, if you don't go along with the chastisement, then you're a bastard. You ain't no son of mine. That's what he says in the book of Hebrews. Amos 8, verse 11 through 13, he said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, and now it is, that I, God, say, I'm going to send a famine on the land. You see it up. It's not going to be a famine of bread. It's not going to be a 
a, a famine of the thirst of water, but it's going to be of the hearing the words of the Lord. So the friend won't make them but they won't hear nothing. God say, I'm going to do this. I'm reading out this word here. He said, they shall wander from sea to sea. See, when they don't hear no more, that's what they do. They go running to and fro. Look at the word. Look at it. It says, they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north to the east, they shall run to and fro, seeing the word of the Lord. But it said, they shall not find it. Why? Because you wouldn't hear. See, see, he said, a family in your ears. Now you can't hear nothing more. Said what you want to hear. So he said, in that day, the fair virgins and the strong young men shall faint from thirst. Wow. Wow. That's all I got to say on that one. Yet a strong leader, Naaman, had surrounded himself and his inner circle with good counsel. Oh, here we go. Verse 13. Verse 13 over here in 2 Kings 5, verse 13 says, And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you this is good counsel, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? It took the little arrow. We good counsel. The Bible says in the book, wait, Proverbs 24, verse 6 and verse 7, it says that in the multitude of counsel dwells safety. Remember I told you about the man that said he was going to shoot up everybody in Israel, but counsel was there? But counsel. In the multitude of counsel? Good counsel. See, good counsel will make you make the right decision. Bad counsel will make you make the wrong decision. All you got to do is go back and say, talk to the angel. Some listen, some didn't. He knew the one to go to that would listen. Because they was already picked up in heaven again. He already knew. A fool don't come to you with no foolishness about HOD duty. You send him up the road, won't you? Quick. How many times have you done it? Up the road, they ain't trying to hear. You talking about us now? This us. This is us. This is what God has given us. And we got to help each other to get through this so that we can do the right thing. The Bible says in the book of, 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 of Proverbs 17, verse 9, that he that seeketh love covers a transgression, but a talebearer uncovers it, and breaks up friendship. That's the Proverbs 17, 9. It's all in the book. Is it hard, but it's fast? Can you handle it? Can you, brother? It's hard, but it's fast, ain't it? But Naaman, because of good counsel, somebody get Brenda for me. Naaman changed his mind because of good counsel. Naaman did that. If that little girl had been there, digging ass, 
If that little girl hadn't been there to speak, she was good. But God always had somebody there to get you back to where you need to be. Amen? Amen, Amen young man? Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. God always got somebody there to get us back to that place that we need to be. That's what you call good counsel, people. Good counsel won't allow you to fail even when you fall. Just because you fall don't make you a failure. See, you got to understand that the war, the war is already won. But along the way, you're going to lose a few battles. But the war is already won. So Naaman changed his mind and followed the prophet's directions. And he was healed. Look at verse 14. So he went down, and I'm told him, and he dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child, and he was clean. In other words, he became innocent again. How did he become innocent? Through listening to good counsel. If he had to listen to good counsel, he wouldn't have never followed the instruction and got that leprosy off him. So I thank God today. I thank God today for the love and the honor that he has bestowed upon us here at House of Destiny and Mission of Grace. We're a team. We're a team that love one another. And we're going to go to the fullness of this and we're going to run on and we're going to see what the end is going to be. Is that all right with y'all? Then let us stand and give praise to our holy God. Didn't y'all come on around? Y'all give God some praise up in here.